Welcome to Talking Dairy, where we dive into the most important topics on the minds of New Zealand dairy farmers. In today's episode, we explore contract milking and variable order share milking. What's the difference between the two? Are they still a viable progression pathway? And how do you make it work in your first season? Let's find out from Dairy NZ Senior Business Specialist, Sarah Brown. Hi Sarah, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Uh, to kick things off, can you just tell us a bit about yourself please? What's your your role here at Dairy NZ and what is your farming experience? So I am a Senior Business Specialist at Dairy NZ. So my role is alongside the rest of the team to translate science and policy into a format that farmers can use. Background-wise, I grew up in a farm in South Waikato. It was a dairy farm, 790 cows, and went straight from there into university and did a Bachelor of Agricultural Science. Throughout that period, worked in multiple different areas in agriculture, so a lot of experience there. And then went straight from university into rural banking. So spent six years rural banking, and then finally ended up with Dairy NZ, and I've been here for just over a year now. Um, And as I said, my speciality area is kind of business, finance and agriculture, particularly dairy. And while working at Dairy NZ, we also started contract milking. So we're contract milking a 430 cow farm in South Waikato with my husband and my family. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Thanks, Sarah. That's great. Now, contract milking and variable order share milking have obviously been part of the New Zealand dairy scene for, for quite a while now. What's your view of these share milking models as a as a viable progression pathway? Do you think they're still relevant? Why? Why not? And do you think they've got a future? Contract milking and variable order share milking are both still viable progression pathways. We actually just recently pulled some data from our from Dairybase, which is a benchmarking system we have at Dairy NZ. So we pulled out all the contract milkers and variable order share milking herds that we had data on in New Zealand. And what it actually showed was that while there's a real range in the contracts, that the dominant portion of these contracts are actually viable and they're providing equity growth from profit. So people are making money off these structures. So they're a real good entry level into that contract milking, variable order milking space. And in regards to popularity, I think... The numbers from the 17-18 year have increased till the 1920 by a few hundred, both in the variable order and the contract milking space. So it's obviously a very popular structure that's working for a lot of people. It should be noted, though, that <laughs> while they're a viable pathway, it's like anything, um, you need to get the general principles right in order to make the business work, like any business. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Sarah. So... We're about to start a new season uh, and many people are going to be venturing into contract milking and variable order for the first time. What are the key things for making a successful business? One of the key things I've found for having a successful business in that first year particularly is having a vision and goals and actually attaching some actions to them and making them time bound. And then as well as that, sharing that with all your, your farm team, your rural professionals, to make sure everyone's on the same page, working towards the same goal. Um, and it also means you remain accountable. You have to kind of meet those tasks and goals that you've set for yourself because everyone's aware of them. So it's not just you that, that know about them. And the second, or well, I would say paramount of making your first 
year in business work is around money management. It's not um, everyone's favorite area, but um, when I say money money management, it's it's looking at budgeting scenarios. So if you're signing up for a new contract milking job, for example, it's putting together a budget and looking to see if it's a viable contract. And then once you've got this budget together, having the, the conversation with the farm owner and once again your rural professionals to see that both are getting out of this contract, both the farm owner and the contract milker or variable order share milker are getting what they want out of the contract. And of course that it's a that it's a lucrative contract. It's not all about the raid, it's actually about the expenses attached and can you build wealth from this from this contract. And another area that people often don't look at in the budgeting space but we've found to be extremely important as your personal budgeting putting a budget together for what you want to draw from the business or spend yourself that year is very important and sticking to that and actually monitoring that throughout the year is key to to having a successful first year so there's the personal budget is you've got a set amount that you want to draw from the business a year say you've set a a target for yourself of 60,000 it's how do you stick to that 60,000 and a common way that people do that is they set up an automatic payment to their account that's weekly fortnightly monthly of that set amount so that you don't exceed that that target but um, personal budgeting is actually often overlooked but that draws directly from the the cash surplus that you have to reinvest and build your wealth so it's actually got a huge impact on your business so it's very important. Yeah, great point. Now, we might cover some of the same ground here, uh, but could you give us some tips for people who are starting out in contract milking or variable order for the first time? You're running your own business, and previously, if, if you've been managing, I think there can be a lot of pressure because you're now responsible for both the reward or the, the income, but also the risk involved in contract milking or variable order. So just having the right team in place and utilizing their experience so there's not as much pressure on you in that first year and doing your homework going into it knowing what you're going into and looking at all the elements and possible risks that could pop up throughout that that first year so some risks or roadblocks we found in that first year is for the first few months the first three to four months there's no income obviously you're not milking cows but you still have your fixed expenses potentially you have wages fuel costs, how are you going to cover those over those first three to four months, as well as having personal drawings for yourself and for your family to live off. It's actually, it was one of the biggest shocks I found going into into contract milking. So, so some ways around that. Have you talked to your bank? Can you get a overdraft facility? The other one is, have you saved enough cash to cover those expenses for that first four months? Or alternatively, what we did is we actually went to the farm owner and discussed varying the contract a little bit so that we got a set amount covering those fixed costs per month until the milk income started coming in and that way we didn't need an overdraft. So that was the way we got around that. Another aspect in that first year that really, really threw us was after your first year operating a business, your your terminal tax, of course, or your tax that you have to pay on your profit from that year. But in that same period, you actually have to pay your provisional tax, your tax for the coming year. So essentially you pay two lots of tax within the same period and it's a massive draw on cash flow so calculating what that will be putting the money aside and also once again working with your rural professionals or a trusted advisor to see how am I going to pay that because it can essentially be quite significant 
having a robust budget in place, as I've mentioned earlier, but actually building a bit of fat into the system. As we know, renownedly farming is very variable in payout and climate, so you just don't know what the season's going to bring. So having a bit of fat in the system or built into your budget stops a, a bike breakdown being the end of the end of the world in the middle of the season when you're in the middle of carving and there's a lot of pressure on and you just want to be able to get on with your job. And the as I've mentioned once again earlier, the, the personal spending, just monitoring your personal spending because if you draw over what you planned on drawing, the bottom line is you've got less to invest in your business going forward. And so the data I mentioned earlier that we pulled from Dairy Base it actually showed the top 25% of performers on average drew less than the rest of the country and that was one of the main variables that affected their surplus they had to invest and create wealth at the end of the season. So speaks for itself. Hey, so uh, what are some of the other risk areas? Uh, you've talked there about financial risks. What are some of the non-financial risks and uh, how, how do you minimise those risks? As we know, there's a lot of risks, but like I said, rewards in farming. But what it comes down to is knowing your own strengths and weaknesses. You can't know everything. So potentially your strengths are in pasture management. And you may not have had a lot of experience in money management, for example. So once you recognize this, you can get the appropriate professionals or advisors in place to help you in the areas you don't have a lot of strength in. And then having the robust policies and procedures as well. So you've got those policies and procedures written down on paper. You've utilised the experience of the farm owner and this just ensures that your team knows what the goal is but also stops you potentially running into any compliance issues. So you are you know you've got everything written down. So the effluent area where they're meant to be spreading health and safety is all covered and you that's another thing you don't have to think about constantly because your whole team's across it for that season. This sounds like a lot to do or a lot on on the shoulders of the contract milker and variable water share milker. And it is, I found it, like I said, quite confronting in that first year. But the more organised you are and the more people you bring on board, the less stress and the less pressure and the better your business performs in that first year. So the dairy industry is renowned for having a wealth of resources and science behind it. We're one of the best for that. So utilize those resources and those people and support yourself as much as you can. Yeah, that's great. So what you're what you're saying there is that one of the key ways to minimize risk is to have a good team around you. Exactly. And just recognizing where your strengths lie and your potential weaknesses and just covering those and then you're you're mitigating your risk just through through doing that. Yeah, cool. So Contract milking and variable order are pretty similar business structures. Can you outline what the differences are and tell us if one's better than the other? So your contract milking, you get a set dollar per kg milk solid produced. So it's a more it's easier to budget with because you get a consistent income if you have a realistic milk solids budget for the or target for the coming season variable order share milking you get a percentage of the milk check so the main difference between these two is I guess what comes down to risk versus reward again so in variable order share milking if you get a higher payout for example you're going to get higher revenue for your business that year because you're getting a percentage of the milk check on the flip side if the payout drops 
you're also going to get less. So there's a lot more risk there, but there's a lot more potential for reward if the price goes up. With contract milking, you get that set amount per kg milk solid, dollar amount per kg milk solid. So things like drop and payout or increase or potentially a drought won't affect the contract milker as much. They'll still get a similar revenue as long as production isn't significantly affected. So while that's a real advantage because you you know what income you're essentially going to get, there's less reward on the other side because if the milk price all of a sudden skyrockets, you're not really going to see that. You're just going to get your set contract rate for the milk solids produced. And finally, the the cash flow is kind of the, the big difference. So Variable order share milkers receive their payments the same way farm owners do, so you get your advance and your retrospective payments. So you're getting some in that the actual year, some payments in the actual year, but then some don't come until that following season. So once again, allowing for that in your budgets and creates a bit of bit more risk, and it's harder to harder to monitor your cash flow throughout the season. The contract milking, you get your set dollar per amount that following month from production, so it's more consistent income. So how do you decide which one is right for you? Oh, I would say that comes down to, once again, your strengths and weaknesses and how you handle risk or uncertainty. There is some risk associated. You can still get lower production, which decreases your revenue. It's easier to budget on. You know what income will be coming in each month. There's very set expenses, whereas variable order share milking like I said, you could have a particularly bad year payout-wise and that really drops your income and what does that do to the viability of your business? But on the flip side, you've got the potential to make 20000 more than a contract milker would. So in regards to which one's better, I would say the best thing you can do is manage your risk. So if you're a variable order share milker, can you put a ceiling and a floor on your on the percentage you receive? So if the payout drops below, you'll get at minimum, this payment uh, percentage of the milk check. And if the payment skyrockets, you'll get a ceiling. So you'll get this percentage. So that's a way to minimise the risk around income with variable order share milking. And contract milking, you can say, I want a dollar per kg of $1.30 up to 230 solids. Anything above that is just awesome. Anything below that, you don't have to worry about it because you get that, that money up until that point. In your first year, how do you get the balance right uh, between, you know, making good use of the farm owner's experience, but at the same time having the freedom to make the decisions that you see as having the potential to maximise production? How do you strike that balance? So I think uh, it's two parts, both on the farm owner and the contract milker variable orders sides. The farm owner has been on that property for, for essentially years, I think, you need to tap into that knowledge. There's a wealth of knowledge to come from the from the farm owner and underestimating that, I think, is not the right way to go. So utilising all the knowledge they have and using it to your advantage is both advantageous for you as the contract milker or variable order or, on the flip side, the farmer as well. On the other hand, though, as I said, the, the farm owner has been on that, potentially been on that farm for years. It can make it, give you a bit of tunnel vision, potentially the variable order... Or the contract milker can see more efficient or viable ways to change the operation that could increase profit that potentially the the farm owner is too close to see. 
So it's really once again comes down to that communication piece. So the farm owner and the variable order or the contract milker getting on the same page and then it allows the farm owner to be able to take a step back because I know it's sometimes very hard for contract milkers or variable order to have someone micromanaging. But on the flip side, they potentially might want some support from the farm owner and knowing what support and training opportunities they want and have the opportunity to get given is, is important too. So it's I, once again just the strength of communication between those two parties, I think, is the most important thing. Now, that's really obviously highlighted that communication between business partners is, is vital. Uh, what are the other key relationships that contract milkers and variable order share milkers need to have? And this one, speaking from experience again, the one I found that we overlooked the most was actually the partnership between myself and my husband, so your partner and your family. You think it's a given that your family and that that relationship in a business sense is just going to work. And actually I found it probably the hardest one because we didn't set parameters right from the start and get on the same page strategy and and goal-wise. So once again, getting on the same page and having a strong relationship with your partner or your family member or whomever you're going into business with is actually critical because that really affects the, doesn't just affect the work, but the home work-life balance. So we found that a massive one and probably that's something we actually overlooked. I'm being honest. So that relationship's really important. The rural professionals and your, your trusted advisors, so it doesn't have to be your accountants or your farm consultant or your banker, but can potentially be a experienced farmer or mate down the road. Once again, tapping their knowledge, going to see what they're doing. If something's going wrong on farm, utilising their knowledge, just building those community relationships and your, your relationships with your pre- professionals. Once again, it's just stopping that, you having to have the weight or that pressure all on your own shoulders for that first year of business when you're just trying to feel your way through it and make profit. That's awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Now, I was just wondering, for for people out there who are listening to this and who would like more information and they're wondering what sort of tools uh, or resources are available from DairyNZ, can you tell us where they can go on our website or otherwise to access that help? So initially, one of the areas I think is most important and this is usually pre to signing a contract so this is potentially prior to March April but is utilizing the do your homework section on the DairyNZ website so that's doing all your preliminary work so that's looking at your budgets the strength of your contract it's really making sure that like I said, both you and the farmer are getting out of this contract what you actually want from it. So that preliminary work or, or checking that everything stacks up is one of the most important things. And you can get all of that through the, yeah, it's called um, setting up for success and doing your homework on the DairyNZ website. Another great resource is using your local consulting officer. They deal with it year in and year out and they can come out and look at your plan and what your strategy is going forward. So they're another really good resource to utilise and once again, your, your rural professionals, get a good team around you. Don't just pick anyone, pick a, a banker that you you have a, a strong relationship or maybe your family has a relationship with or the guy down the road recommended and, and get a team around you that you trust and, and respect, not just picking anyone out from anywhere would be my suggestion for resources there. You also mentioned Dairy Base a few times earlier. Is that a good place for farmers to go to for benchmarking? Yes, so Dairy Base, as I mentioned earlier, is our, our benchmarking tool. Um, so you can find out more about Dairy Base on our website. 
there is an initial period where you have to set up your accounts, etc., in the system. So it can be upfront a little bit of work, but it's well worth the, the work put into it because you can actually benchmark your performance against thousands of other farmers around the country. So it is extremely relevant if you're going into your first couple of years of business and you want to, to be able to make your budgets a bit more robust and check your performance. Brilliant. So did you have any final thoughts, anything else you wanted to share today, Sarah? Well, the contract milking structure has worked really well for us. So my husband started out as a farm assistant, went to manager, and he's now contract milking. Practically, like I said, we, we went in very informed. We used all the resources I just talked about. We really did our homework. We negotiated on contracts. We make, made sure we met in the middle with the, far, uh, the farm owner's expectations and our own. But we've found it a very successful structure, and we've been able to, to build equity and wealth from the structure. So that's, I believe most people's goals and the other thing is it's been an awesome transition going back onto the farm where for our family life as well as for our business well sarah thanks so much for coming on the show today it's been uh, brilliant to have you on and i think uh, the fact that you've you can speak from experience you know the things that have worked well for you and the things that haven't the things that you've learned along the way i think the fact that you've been able to uh, speak from that today will be be really valuable to listen so thanks so much for your time really appreciate it Great, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Talking Dairy. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, go to dairynz.co.nz forward slash podcast or find us on any of your favourite podcast platforms.